Hello Pod, I'm Chris Stewart and welcome to the latest in our series of special Empire podcasts. This one is not a spoiler special, it is dedicated to the British comedy giant that is Red Dwarf. Uh, not the current series, series 12, which can now be seen on Dave, of all places, as a channel, not a man, uh, but the series as a whole. Um, and joining me to talk about Red Dwarf are three colleagues at Empire who, over the years, I've come to regard as people I met. Johnny Pyle. Hello, mate. Nick DeSimlian. Hello. And James Dyer. Sharmita. James Dyer immediately getting his Red Dwarf cock out on the table and established his credentials <laughs> straight off the bat. What did you just say? Classic Esperanto. Oh, Esperanto. Yeah. Of course, because Rimmer learns Esperanto. Indeed. Okay, there this we go. This makes well, you the Rimmer of the group. Yeah, you've well, no, technically that. he doesn't learn Esperanto. Lister learns Esperanto from Rimmer's tapes, but uh, Rimmer's terrible. <laughs> this is true. This is true. All right. So, see, James is weird because James is immediately the Crichton of the group, but also the Rimmer of the group. <laughs> and I refer you to Space Corps Directive 192, <laughs> which clearly states... <laughs> I think we're all the rimmer of the group. Do you yeah. think we're all the rimmer of the group? <laughs> the, the, well, you know the classic saying, so if sexy. you don't know who the rimmer in the group is, <laughs> you're the rimmer. <laughs> Nick, who would you say you are? Are you the holly I'm, of the group? I'm probably the lister. Um, you're the, the cat. You are absolutely I'll, the I'll cat. take the cat. I was going to say, when I started watching yes, it, I was so well-dressed. <laughs> really well-dressed. Thank you, James. Um, yeah, no, I used to eat, eat a lot of uh, curry-flavoured pot noodles when I was at school, when I started watching Red Dwarf, so I related <laughs> to Lister for that reason. Uh, but I'll take Cat, I'll upgrade I, I think you're the Cat, because uh, we're, for once we're not recording this in a studio over at um, our, our podcast headquarters, uh, we are recording it in a um, room at our actual headquarters, and I watched you walk past this room uh, on your way to a completely different room. I saw a mirror over there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was very cat, cat-like. cat uh, Johnny, who are you? Who, who would you be? Um, well, everyone wants to be Lister, right? I don't they're... want to be Lister. Oh, uh, really? No. But he's the hero. Is he, though? He's a bit smelly. Is he? Yeah, I love Lister, but his personal hygiene issues, I, but just, no, but I, can't, it, I can't do it. He's now beyond that, if you've uh, watched the later ones. He's now got perfect personal hygiene, and he's the romantic lead. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He sorted his shoes out, that's true. Yeah. So you're Lister. You're Lister. Thanks. You're Cat. <laughs> you're some sort of weird Crichton Rimmer hybrid. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know what the hell to do with you. And, uh, and I and will be... And you're the Emo Hawk. <laughs> I'm Dwayne Dibley. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all know I'm Dwayne yes, Dibley. Uh, all right, but but listen, before we uh, we get to talking about Red Dwarf and and you know and what it means to us and what it's meant to us over the years and favorite episodes that sort of thing, uh, we're going to hear from most of the cast of Series Twelve and the show's co-creator uh, Doug Naylor. And, uh, I did this. You did this, Johnny. You did this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they came into our uh, studio in Central London, and you were talking to. Uh, Craig, Craig Charles, Charles. Yeah, Craig uh, Charles. Danny John Jules, uh, Robert Llewellyn, mm-hmm. and Doug Naylor. And Doug Naylor. Yeah. Not Chris Barry, who was not available at the time, which is a, a bit of he a He had been available earlier in the day, but had gone yeah. home. Was he, uh, was he rimmering? <laughs> well, I don't want to comment on his private life, but... Uh, I just like in the D series, they use rimmer, rimmer as a verb. Rimmer as a enjoyed, verb, yeah. Okay. Doing some light rimmering. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here you go. Here's some light piling. Um... Johnny Pyle talking to most of the cast of Red Dwarf Series 12 and co-creator Doug Naylor. Enjoy. Doug Naylor, Craig Charles, Robert Llewellyn and Danny John Jules, writer and stars of Red Dwarf. Welcome to the Empire podcast. It's a pleasure to have you all. Thank you for having us. Very very nice to be here. Always a pleasure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we're here for 
Red Dwarf 12. I know, can you believe it? That's how old we are. <laughs> I mean, 12. We're 12, yes. There was a time, right, when, you know, Red Dwarf had a very uncertain future and suddenly here we are on the 12th series. We were stuck on 6 for so long and then we were stuck on 8 for so yeah. long and it, now we're here. It actually started after the first episode with the reviews. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and do you know what? It gives us great and immense pleasure that we are still here. <laughs> this is the voyage of the starship Red Dwarf. It's mission to boldly go where many sitcoms have gone before up its own backside. Very at home in this part of the television anatomy is Craig Charles. Where is this man from? Is he from a distant planet called Rent a Liverpudlian? Or was he spontaneously generated by a TV screen? No matter. Charles and this series are heading for a sticky end. <laughs> that, was in 19... that was one of the reviews. 1988, I, yes, I, I could tell. 88 City Limits. City Limits magazine. City what, Limits, what a classic. City Limits? I don't know what, what, what happened to them. They're extinct now. <laughs> apparently, very extinct. apparently at, the, uh, you know, at the time, they were cutting edge. Were they? <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, yeah oh, I know they, they were. were. They were Absolutely. cutting edge. They were like yeah. Time Out, City Limits. They were very, you know? that very ungenerous yeah. to... Cool yeah. for school. We, yeah, we, you know, we, we, we weren't new romantics. <laughs> <laughs> so allegedly we weren't in. But yeah, you I mean you've you've outlived well not all of them. <laughs> there, are, there are papers still around that probably yeah, well, yeah, well we're working on them too. It's just, <laughs> oh, don't worry, they, 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 they will come. Yeah. We've done all the shows that are around that time. Now we're after the media. <laughs> Even the BBC building we, we recorded in, that's gone. That's gone. The rehearsal yeah. room has gone. Yeah. The seventh floor rehearsal room where we used to rehearse. Northampton, that gone. building's yeah. gone. gone. Where was it? The BBC in, Man- in Northampton. North it's now it's now all been redeveloped as it, it's a, it's student apartments now. Is it? Yeah, BBC in Manchester is now a car park. Yeah. Yeah. Oxford that's Road. gone. Yeah. BBC Oxford Road. Mate, gone. Did television centre. Did we work in this building? Pardon? Did we ever work in this building? <laughs> <laughs> You're right then. Your job's yeah, yeah, safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, yeah. yeah. Your job's safe. Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to go back online and see if you had any reviews. <laughs> we weren't around at the time. Empire. No, no, no. no. We uh, we launched 1989. So we're older than us by the skin of your teeth. I know, right. Um, did you ever think there was a time when, like, Red Dwarf wouldn't come back? Uh, I think so, probably quite a lot. Yeah, I, mean, I yeah. think yeah. when the BBC said we don't want it um, mm. after Series... Well, it wasn't well, he was there after Series 8, because Series 8 got 8 million. Yeah, they really But then we did it, go yeah. back and go, do you want to do more TV series? And yeah. he said... No longer attracted. Uh, they no, 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 they said there wasn't. To, there was no longer an audience for they, it. They no longer were interested in attracting the audience uh, that we used to. Um, bring they they say people. that they were fulfilling. They'd, they'd full, they were fulfilling their science fiction remit with uh, Torchwood and Doctor Who. Uh, yeah, there was I something. I think it was like Hyperdrive. Was Hyperdrive, Hyperdrive, Hyperdrive and, which was good. And I, liked, I liked Hyperdrive. Yeah, yeah, I, Hyperdrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I know you didn't. <laughs> oh, no, I did not. Do you know what, to be honest I with you? I thought it was good. I, I never yeah, watched it, so I, I, yeah. I won't comment. I think, I think you kind of got to watch something before you really make a decision. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, you know, we've we all got, to to yeah. we got something to bring to this interview. Why don't you just bring a bit of silence? <laughs> no, the only reason I didn't like it was because it was another science fiction sitcom. Yeah. And I, was, I was still a little bit bitter. <laughs> this is a Nick Frost, Nick Frost sitcom, right? Yeah, it was yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah, I yeah. it was funny. And Miranda. Miranda was in it. I went. I went to. I had lunch with Miranda a couple of years ago, and um, I, I was saying to her, I thought it was really, really good. I thought that would go yeah, on yeah. and do better. Yes, yeah. I thought it was really, yeah, yeah. really yeah. good. It yeah. was. It's similar in Red, to Red Dwarf in, in, yeah. in certain ways, but yeah, then again, yeah. it's set in space, so it's going to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I thought it was quite good. Yeah. 
The only thing was it wasn't done in front of an audience. It was yeah. kind of like, you know, it wasn't like a... And like with all these things, you've got to give them a chance. You've got to support yeah. them. Yeah, we, yeah. Was, we was lucky that we, you know, we got commissioned for Series 2 halfway through actually filming Series 1. And at that time, you know, we had um, Hitchhikers that was everybody's favourite sci-fi. Uh, sure. And, you know, so we had to go up against that, which was a huge show. And, you know, so the fact that we're still here is um, a testament to... Doug's writing, really. Absolutely. Rob's at the time, yeah. And Rob, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. And none of us dying. Yeah. yeah that's, that, yeah. that helps. I mean, you all have to take huge, you know. <laughs> you huge credit for not yeah, dying. You do. Congratulations <laughs> on all these things, yeah, guys. I, I mean, you must be delighted about them all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> there should be an award, Tony, just for that. Yeah, yeah, it's still alive. It's still alive, alive. award. I quite like that. <laughs> I want to do Last of the Summer Dwarf. Look, yeah. Give them an award. Yeah. They're still alive. <laughs> yeah. So we, that's so we can see our uh, young actors playing us. Yeah. That's what they all do now. They 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 have a big hit show and they go backwards and and they do a remake and oh, make remake him young. The, uh, the oh, like in Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, the Star Trek films, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Porridge. Yeah. They just done porridge with you know going back. Ooh. Yeah, and, yeah, they have. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's the other one. <laughs> What's the other one? They well, do? open all hours. Open all hours. hours. Yeah. <laughs> Who would play you as, you, as a younger man? Idris Elba. Yeah. <laughs> of course he would. Danny, remember that silence thing? We <laughs> I know, Craig, but you know it goes in when it goes straight through. There's not much in between, Craig. You have the new series. Should we talk about the new series? Yeah, let's talk about the new series. Yeah. yeah. Um, tell me what's happening in it. What's happening to the characters? Oh, you've got I'm notes. Looking at my list. Oh, I'm looking yeah. at my list so right. I can remember. Because, you know, you reach an age where it all goes a bit fuzzy. <laughs> I've seen a picture where you're all, um, you're all like Crichton. There is. Yeah, there's yeah. an episode where we, we meet the Mechanoid Inter Intergalactic Liberation Front. Right. Or MILF for short. Nice. And, um, and uh, they think that we've kidnapped Crichton and turned him into a slave. They think I'm a slave, yeah. Right, OK. Yeah. Which, uh, of course, you kind of sort of... It's, 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 really, it's quite a night, nice, you know, in yeah. terms of slave life. It's yeah. not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they try and break his programming and, and, and punish and us. Liberate him yeah. and punish and, them. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah. all turn it, we all get turned into Crichton's. And is this Crichton. your guys' first time in the makeup? Oh, yeah. So you, oh, this, yeah. This, was, this was wonderful for you to finally have them go through yeah, it. It's funny. No, it really wasn't. It really wasn't wonderful. It was, I mean, it was an amazing episode and I yeah. think they looked amazing in it, but I did feel for them. I mean, it's a tough tough to do it the first time that's the really the crucial thing when you put that mask on you know i have got used to it because i've been wearing it for a mere 28 years but um but it's it, it, the first time still is still scorched in my memory the first day i had it on i just went this is so weird i can't cope with this i don't know why why did i say yes to doing this, this right, is a okay. nightmare. and that's really what they had to go through and do quite a lot of you know a lot of scenes and a lot of long days in it and it was you know, it's not. You don't wish it on anyone. I wouldn't. It's very wish it compassionate on anyone, so. of you. Well, I mean, I did. You know, I kind of they they dealt with it amazingly well. They were all really brave. Chris got quite ill doing it on the first day. He yeah, it was. Chill we were all a little bit, ill. and everyone was a bit worn out by it. Well, it's not a great experience. I mean, it was. Uh, it was. It's very very difficult actually. I, I I used to rib Robert all the time. You know, going, oh, you've got two books out of it. Should have put the mask on, do your job. <laughs> but honestly, after two days, I was like, wow, this mm. is tough. Yeah. It got to one stage where the sweat's got nowhere to go or anything like that. Right. And I thought I was crying, and I actually wasn't crying. I was sweating out of my eyelids. It was the only way to <laughs> sweat place it can out. leak out. It was sweating out of my eyelids. I that, was a, that, was a, that was many years ago, because I don't... I've, the, the, the experience of wearing it has improved partly because of LED lights, strange yeah. enough. In, right, okay. So the TV studio isn't as hot. A TV studio was always classically a very hot place because mm. the lights are really hot. 
yeah. the new lights aren't hot. So, but, but back in the day, there was a time I remember the brilliant recording, the audience loving it and everything, and we're in between scenes, and Craig said, hey, watch this, everybody. He made me tip my head sideways, and sweat just pours oh, out no, of your no. ear, because your, your head just sort of glass. But it was that weird thing where you can see, where you see an audience who are loving this show and it's brilliant. Oh, 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 sweat's come out of his ear, and the whole the whole mood went down. That's just horrible. Honestly, I sweated so much that the mask started moving. They had to take it down again. It does start sliding around on your head. Ironically, the idea came about because you suggested it. Yeah, well, I just thought we should. It was a joke. At the end of a show, they both came in wearing previous we got the makeup girls. We took a couple of spearheads that Bobby had obviously finished the series. They, and his makeup artist sprayed his his tone, and mine sprayed mine my tone, and we kicked the door into a production oh, meeting going God. on downstairs. As Crichtons, as Crichtons, I was doing it in a West Indian accent, uh, and he, he was kind of just south of uh, Liverpool. <laughs> the Wirral, the Wirral. I wanted to do it as as a, as a Crichton's dream, though. So Crichton sort of dreamt that he was human. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I was thinking, oh, I was being right. compassionate. I was yeah, saying, yeah. let's give Robert a week off. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd have hated that. It'll I'd take the moaning levels right down, won't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. A more comfortable workplace. Give Robert a week off. We'll wear the masks and say at the end of it and say, see, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. know what you're moaning about. Yeah. Didn't work out like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's really quite difficult. I, and, and I, you know, it, it turned out like a bad version of 12 Years a Mechanoid. <laughs> Produced by Brad Pitt. <laughs> but it's a, well, the thing is, it's a brilliant episode. Now, all the other actors that are in that, the, the supporting yeah. cast are in it, are fantastic. Oh, amazing. And that, you know, there's a, a James a, Buckley's in that. James, James Buckley. He's really, right, brilliant yeah. at it. It's really, it's really, it's quite cool because it's really, it's weird. The mask, you'd think it'd all just look like crying, but it takes on the contours of your face, so you yeah. can actually it was notice the person underneath. Yeah. Yeah. James yeah. Buckley looks like James Buckley. Yeah, it it's so it? spooky looking at James Buckley. Because I'd literally yeah. once I forgot my line because I was just staring at him yeah. thinking, this is weird. <laughs> yeah, it is very strange. And he's staring straight back at you. Yeah, thinking, yeah. And, this he, is weird. and he doesn't break. That guy doesn't corp, so he's no. just Does like, he not? No, he's, no, he's very good. Bang well, on it good. all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, he's very good. It's weird filming in Pinewood as it is. I mean, me and Robert have been outside having a sneaky cigarette and like six stormtroopers have walked yeah. past and you're like, <laughs> oh, is that where you are? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And they yeah, were doing. Yeah. They were in the middle of Star Trek, uh, Star, yeah. Star Wars. Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's <laughs> lots of Star Wars. Every... Sometimes you look at the cigarette and think. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> every, every, every other More specials. Every other studio. Every building. Yeah, every building in, there is was packed star, with Star Wars. Star Wars they yeah. had about fifty white golf buggies and we turned up with a Jaguar print pink one like a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a little sea yeah. of amateur amateurism yeah. in a whole <laughs> in a whole and Craig Craig was driving us to lunch in a, in a, in a pink in a pink golf buggy. Yeah, I mean, you can like see that. people just going, wow. what the hell are they doing here? <laughs> what the hell are they doing here? <laughs> Try yeah. to get on set and nick a bit of theirs, but, but yeah, I just want to nick something from the Millennium yeah. Falcon. Someone will, enjoy. They've got more security than Donald Trump, mate. Yeah. About the house. Yeah. 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 No yeah. names mentioned, but someone who was um, around did get a shot of it on his iPhone. Oh, was that they? person? The Millennium Falcon, did they? Yeah. Oh, that wasn't me. I'm not, I can't name me. names because he'd be arrested and taken to court. And, <laughs> sure. And, 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 and sentenced to serve on Red Door for the next five years. <laughs> 
I bet they were the same though, weren't they? Were they sneaking onto your set trying to steal bits from? Uh, no, we were. They, the they, they, they openly came. Bits, yeah. no. no, they were trying to steal bits. What happened? Do you want to steal some of this for your movies? No, we're fine. Thanks. They had enough MDF. They had enough. Enough for Micah. Our, our, our egg boxes were far superior. Yeah. I'm sure they were. Yeah. But we, yeah, did, they we did were. gate crash um, Sir were, David Jason's were, set, didn't we? Yeah, they yeah. were quite Red Dwarf fans, don't we? They, they like, were, they, they were, were nice. Yeah. Star Wars. Well, yeah. Harris, yeah. of course, was the production designer for us on Back to Earth. Yeah, that's it. And he that's was right. the art, art Of course he was, yeah. On, uh, yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, we did a... David Jason walk came... He was filming Open All Next Door. Next Door, so he came and had a little walk around of the set. It's nice to see him. Yeah. That's where we nicked Johnny Vegas from. That's right, Johnny's in that. He series, was doing that. So is he in the Crichton suit as well? No, no, no. no. We're in another episode. Oh, that's, another episode. Right, okay. that's where we nicked him. He's in a complete, right, okay. complete yeah. pink policeman's outfit. Yes, he's, he's yes, dressed in yeah. pink. Yeah. He carries it's, it well. It's, it's a theme. It's, it's a theme. theme. <laughs> yeah, we like pink. Gone from red dwarf to pink dwarf because we're all washed out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> hey, no. That's the strap line on the new poster. It's like Samuel L. Jackson in The Kinsman. Pink. And when, fir- sorry, go on. And the first show, of course, is uh, when they come across uh, a scientific research centre. Uh, Are you trying to steer this conversation yes. on to make, to make it more some sense? Show one, yeah. <laughs> Where they've um, regenerated people from the past and um, cured evil. Oh, uh, good for them. Yeah, yeah, which is good, isn't it? It's I've handy. Got, I, get to play, I, play, I get to play guitar with Hitler, which is sort of quite a spooky. A cured Hitler. A cured Hitler. Oh, he's lovely. Yeah, he's right. a very nice yeah, Hitler. Yeah, uh, played by Ryan Gage, who yeah. plays it like brilliantly. Yeah, I big, think I think I was sitting next to Vlad the Impaler at dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were sitting. Vlad was there. Vlad, yeah. Vlad, Vlad was there. He was good. What was yeah. Stalin? Messalina. 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 Yeah. Messalina. Yeah. Joseph Stalin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So some of the most... Hitler's been in the show before, right? As he a, has. Yeah, when, yeah. when, yeah. when, yeah. when, when they hung Winnie the Pooh. But not doing this. Never playing. Never playing a soft rock with with Dave Lister. No, no. Doing a guitar duet with Dave Lister. What do you do when the show is going out? Do you do you watch it? Do you Tweet along with it? Do you avoid it? I mean, I'll, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a bit of a Twitter beforehand because yeah. it's quite interesting seeing the, the when when they've been on immediate before. responses. It's just that you know you've got your little mentions list and it suddenly and it's going dip dip and then it suddenly goes <laughs> and it is amazing how well, I've now finally after I don't know how many years got proper broadband at my house so it actually comes through. You know, it was in the past I'd, there'd be just a spinning thing. Oh, do you have a dial up? Yeah, <laughs> no, not we don't have dialogue anymore. We used to, right? Okay, but you know, so I, now I see this. The, it is extraordinary the kind of uh, the response. So it'd be good to see, you know, because it's been on the on the first episode has been online, hasn't it? People could watch it's it been online. online so yeah, a lot of people have been and, and we went to the premiere in Edinburgh as well. Right, yeah. okay. where is it with an audience? So that was great. I'll be I'll be waking. I'll be. I'll be gigging somewhere, so I won't watch it when it goes out on a Friday. <coughs> but like everyone, everyone Thursday, watches television on Thursday. Thursday sorry. Yeah. Oh, so I, 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 I probably can see it then. Yeah, I think I can. Thursday see it. nine o'clock. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Thing about it is, is people watch television differently these days. Yeah, I do. Do you know what I mean? It's like I watch most of my stuff on catch up. Yeah. So I can fast forward through the adverts. Yeah. You know, yeah, and then I don't, that. and I don't want to just want to watch one at a time. You know, you get into this. Yeah. It's yeah, a new Netflix thing now where you want to yeah. gorge on something. You know yeah, what I mean? of course, yeah. yeah I do and I, so I'd like to, you know, I'd, I'd probably wait and start. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to watch all six back to back. I mean, that's, I mean, that's been weird today where we've we've done interviews with people who've seen the whole series. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and they've come in and gone. It's a what was it they 
It said it was a classic the series. The classic yeah, yeah. series going Absolute back to the series. early days. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the days yeah. when they said we were no longer yeah. relevant. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> we've all good. Be, yeah, we've all had an no audience. Maybe if you reach 30 years. Showbiz. Maybe if you reach no longer relevant, you can I'm actually only 12. You wouldn't change it now, I think it's very relevant now. You never know. After about four and a half months, yes, I would. Right, OK. How long does it take to do a series? Well, we, the last one, we did two series back-to-back, so that took about five months. But we had a little break. Yeah, Christmas yeah. it was called. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Christmas. Yeah. And yeah. Doug was very generous this year. Yeah, he gave us two <laughs> and a half hours <laughs> off. That's good, yeah. that's good. But it's quite an intense filming period when you're filming. It's it's, it's kind you of don't hard do a lot else. You don't yeah. do anything yeah. else, really. Twelve you know. shows. Because one a week. You know, you're kind of doing one a week, you're doing a rehearse. And then you, you've got to film all the uh, all the OB stuff. You've got to film the stuff that you can't do in front of an audience. Then you've got to put yeah. a live show on in front of an audience, and you've got to rehearse all that. And um, and it changes a lot, you know, in the workshop process. And, you know, like, well, that's not working. Double way, go away and do something else. And you know, and, and, we'll and any kind of thing. The script are right in the first place. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the thing evolves, you know, and then and you, then you've got to learn all that. And, and it's all the looks. So Doug has to rewrite all the looks. We do, don't you? It's all about the looks. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're told mm. today that it's, yeah, all we need to do is look at one another. We just have to look at one another. Someone said, you just have to look at one another. And it's funny. And so Doug said, yeah, I'm just going out now to write 30 minutes of looks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a bit of actual script in between yeah. the looks occasionally. Yeah, but that's the worst bit, isn't it? <laughs> Are you, you back in front of that. a studio audience as well? Yeah. Which yeah. You stop for a couple of seasons, is that? No, we, just, we, did it, we sort of expressed... It was Series 7. Series 7, and then seven. we played it to an audience, and then back to Earth, because we couldn't afford to an audience. Yeah. 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 Series 10 and 11. And, and that was like a three-part... Three, yeah. Our first j- yeah. uh, j- journey on, on Dave, that was like a three-parter. Yeah, yeah the Blade Runner thing. Suddenly massively relevant again. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's all come back then. But I love that story. It's just a case of... Um, you know, I, I, I didn't go. Didn't go. Movie, actually. Pardon me. I have to. <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> spoil. Really, I'm going to go. And it see just it didn't tomorrow. go down that well with the audience. Is it not um, good? The new movie. Our, no, our no, fans. Yeah. Yeah. Back to okay. Earth. Yeah. Why do you think that was? I, I think it was because it wasn't filmed in front of an audience. Because um, yeah, I thought the story was great. Yeah. I mean, the concept <laughs> was great. That actually being able to go to Coronation Street and film on Coronation Street with us and stuff like that, and that the whole idea that we're coming. Uh, that we we arrive on Earth and we realise that we're characters in a sitcom unless we find the right to, to write some more episodes we're going to cease to exist and then we have to go and find ourselves in real life that's Absolutely. a really cool story yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the audiences you know, they're, they're fic- they don't really know what they want they say Uncle, when are you going to make the film? Uh, yeah. Crying about not making the film. <laughs> and then, of course, we, we put so out... So that is quite we, filmic, isn't it? We yeah, put yeah. out a series with no audience and they don't like it. So yeah. what do you think the film's going to be? It's not going to have a stu- So, you know, if you listen to the audience all the time, then we'd never make anything. I think maybe... Um, I think your idea... By the fourth wall, the, we bro- the fact that we broke the fourth wall. Mm. Yeah. But we broke the fourth wall because basically we had a minute budget. Mm. And it was what can we get bring to the table that's free? Mm. And one of the things that we could bring to the table was Coronation Street. Yeah, mm. sure. So it's like, wow, can we write a story involving Coronation Street? So it came out of that. And you, and it turns out you don't really break the fourth wall, right? Because by the end, yeah. it's all yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. So you get away with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Doug's idea of doing a stage tour because uh, everyone's been going about doing the movie for years you're going to do the movie you're going to do the movie yeah. doing the movie as a stage play I think is a really cool idea yeah, oh, yeah the stage play is red to, do the stage play as Red Dwarf the movie do you know what I mean should we pause for this photograph no, no. Okay. <laughs> it's supposed to look the same right, okay. it's supposed to look natural <laughs> alright okay he's, he's obviously not doing telly 
He gives me tips all the time, don't worry about it. Um, I wouldn't be funny without him. <laughs> the fil- the fil- does the film script exist as, a, as something you haven't just used as for episodes? Yeah, we have, I have picked bits out of it. Uh, in fact, there are bits out of it in 11 and there are bits yeah. out of it in 12. Yeah, there are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, it was a brilliant script. Well, there were was, I mean, was was so many drafts of it, though, because yeah. I was constantly being told to rewrite it to br- make it more expensive or to make it cheaper. Yeah. So, do you not just flip between the two then? Well, originally, you, you, so no, no, it needs to be more expensive because it, it's not worth raising the money unless it's at least over twenty million. So you go, okay, so you put loads of his effects in, blow it, it's twenty million. Then they can't raise the twenty million. Can you do? Can one you do for a cheap 50? one that we can shoot in can the garage you do one for twelve? Right. Yeah. Can you do one for yeah. ten? Can you do one for eight? Yeah. And then everyone got sent to prison, and then I stopped. And then well, we not had, everyone, uh, one person got sick. We could have done finger bobs, you yeah. know. You remember finger yeah, bobs? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really quite cheap. And no, stuff like, like your hand puppets yeah. and stuff. Brilliant. Yeah. What are your favourite eras of Red Dwarf? Favourite eras? So, yeah. favourite series, or even like narrow it down to a favourite episode, or even further uh, to a favourite line. I'm enjoying episode. the reboot, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying yeah, I, 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 I thought 11, 11 was. 10 was cool, 11 was better. I think 12 uh, is it's just as good as 11. Um, so I'm enjoying coming back to it as as a more mature person who who can actually you know enjoy appreciate the performances it. of my co-stars. <laughs> well, yeah. I think I think the thing, I, the I definitely enjoyed doing series eleven and twelve the most of the actual process of making the show was right, the most okay. enjoyable. Yeah. I think I can say that with all honesty because yeah. it was actually always we always had a brilliant time. We always laughed mm. a lot, but there was a time I, th- I found it really tough to do. And I think the things like the makeup, from my point of view, the makeup's improved. It's quicker to put on. Right. Still takes the same amount of time to get off, but, but it's quicker. Yeah. And it, so it feels. And we just had such a brilliant time together. But really, really thinking about it, actually, and I want to think about it. Series one and two were the best. Before he was in it. Before he was in it. Remember that when it was really funny before he yeah. came and spoiled it? And good fun. Do you know what I mean? Remember when we introduced the, the proper Crichton, the real Crichton? The real, you know, yeah. the real Crichton. That, that was the David one. David Ross. Yeah. David Ross, the real Crichton. That's He's all a proper you know. actor. Isn't yeah, he? yeah, yes. Yeah. He was a brilliant actor. Do you remember when he jumped on the table once and said to me, Are you legit? <laughs> I went, That's right. <laughs> I mean, mum was married to me, Dad. No, no, are you legit? Yes. He meant, Has I been to drama school? I'm like, and the fact that, the fact that not one of us had been to drama school. Like I've been to drama school. That's so funny. And no one in the room was at drama school. So everyone was just looking at him with daggers yeah. like, yeah. 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 crazy. Yeah. And yeah. none of us have been. Yeah, it's yeah. true. None of us none have been, of us to, been to drama school. I think you can tell. I think <laughs> you might be able to tell. <laughs> we can act. <laughs> More natural, right? Uh, that's probably, yeah. we're hoping that's, that's, that's what the comes case. across. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. Yeah. 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 Not, a lot of, not a lot of deep. Can't the only time good. I got to do drama school acting was when I did um, the Cat Darcy, and I got to wear jodhpurs and long That's boots. That's true. That would be, and there were lots of fabulous. lots of women with petticoats and oh, in se- gazebos se- and yeah. all of that. I've That's... been watching this shit. <laughs> <laughs> what the show? Yeah. I've seen the show. Yeah. Series seven. That, that was series seven, and uh, when we blew up the gazebo. Oh, right. that was right. The gazebo. And, and there was an army base. Next was, we, door, we, we did it on a, We did it on an army raid. It was on an army train. Yeah. All the armies, all the soldiers were living around. Yeah, you know, around the army base, right? I don't right? know how much dynamite so, you put in. I don't know how much TNT you used or whatever no, it was. It's because I wound Peter up. Peter yeah. Rag was of his vet, and I said, you never make your explosions. It's just, it's just well, they're always, I'm doing yeah. it deliberately. Yeah, yeah. They're always so timid. And Man? Went, oh, right. so we, but they didn't warn anyone. They didn't yeah. warn said, anyone. we can't warn anyone because if we warn them for this, we yeah. have to warn them every time we're going to blow something Mate. up. Yeah, yeah. A different time. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 A long time different ago. Different time. We, this explosion... We were we were a, a long half way. a mile away. Oh, I was across, in, a, across the yeah. lake. You could feel the wave. Yeah, yeah. shockwave. Yeah. This yeah. massive tree 
instantly burst on Dumb. fire. All the windows <laughs> in the army base shattered. There was and people wood were sunbathing. Yeah, and having bits of wood. Debris, land on debris them. was yeah. debris. <laughs> if you look back, debris was landing on you, all these people. If you look back, there's an interview I was doing in the trailer at the time, and that must be on. Uh, on, on oh, the, oh, really? It was absolutely, absolutely crazy. The, gazebo, yeah. the trailer went the tree, like this. Yeah. The ground, it was a massive yeah. crater left by it. Yeah. Yeah. And the soldiers started yeah. climbing over the fence. And, the, and like, yeah. he was like, a guy came really up and grabbed it. I did someone grab the said, location manager. Yeah, big enough for you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the guy grabbed the location manager saying, all, oh, the, yeah. oh. all the pictures have just come off me wall. In the best. Yeah. In the best. He grabs the fucking Yeah. You can swear. You can swear. You can swear. Swear away. He grabbed the location manager and said, all the pictures just come off on it. <laughs> but the thing was that it was when you do it, you know, we've done it a few times where there's an explosion on the set and it, what it is is splash powder and a bit of petrol. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it doesn't make any noise. It just goes boom. But then yeah. you put the sound effect yeah, of the explosion yeah, on afterwards. Yeah, but this was, this yeah. was, this was that dynamite. flash, yeah, flash this was, powder, yeah, but, petrol yeah, but, and about f- something like 20 metres of Semtex ribbon, which is the stuff that the Royal Marines would use to blow up a bridge, Bobby, you know, to blow the footings of a building. That's Bobby. what, and the, so the army went, oh, lose some of our ribbon. Wrap it round. Yeah. We didn't know what it does. It was so dangerous. Oh, we were allowed to stand within like a half a mile of yeah, yeah. So it was a proper <laughs> wartime proper explosion <laughs> yeah. it wasn't like yeah. boom like you do yeah, special yeah. effects yeah, I mean, you can tell just look at the footage yeah. Yeah. you've just got to look at the footage and say that yeah. it's not, not that's that's proper yeah. 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 the dream burst on fire yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it blew the top really? of quite a few trees but it blew the the bits of because it was a kind of balsa wood and yeah. cardboard gazebo it was a set gazebo yeah. And there was there wasn't even like sometimes after an explosion there'd be sort of debris yeah. Yeah. immediately around no. where it's all falling apart. Yeah. No, there was nothing there. Everything of it was nothing of the gazebo was in the same postcode. <laughs> <laughs> there, 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 there was there, there was enough small bits of wood to make about fifty packs of Swan Vestas <laughs> just lying around. That was all that was left. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you can be funny sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even need one of Doug's scripts for that. <laughs> no, so we've had some fun. Oh, and that's when we had a tank. We had a tank. We, we had, had a tank. T- you were in a tank. That was a tank that they used in James Bond. It was the same tank they used in James Bond. That was a shit bond, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't a good bond. Which bond? Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Goldeneye is the best Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Do you think it's... Oh, so, God, you think Pierce Brosnan's better than... No, no, I think Goldeneye is the best Pierce Brosnan bond Oh, no, no, no. I'm just talking about the best bond. So do I take it there is a future for Red Dwarf after 12? It's set in the future. <laughs> oh, yes. I hadn't, I hadn't put yeah. that up. We've already—it's already been broadcast, yeah. but no one can remember. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. No, I think we probably are going already to be more. hard at work. Excellent. Yeah. That's good to hear. That's mm. good to hear. And and I feel as though we've wasted your time. <laughs> yeah. <Sorry>. Now, what's <laughs> all? Because I'm going to ask some things that I know I want to ask. Okay. Them. Oh, oh, yeah. You go ahead. Okay. Which is about plot holes, and do people still talk to you about <laughs> plot, plot holes? holes? Do they still come? I mean, that's so. I can honestly say, no one, you... I've never even heard the phrase. What's the one that wise people... Lister got to appendix? Is yeah. that? Yeah, you got to... <laughs> because he had two appendix. He's a yeah. freak of nature. <laughs> what's the one that people do ask you about all the time? Um, I don't think there's one particularly. Um, I mean, that certainly was no, one the in the old days. Was the appendix? He's got yeah. two appendix. Listen. The way our show's scrutinised by geeks, yeah? yeah? And these guys don't miss nothing. Yeah. And I say scrutinised, they love doing that. They Calm, look for it. Calm down. <laughs> what? You frightened him, man. No. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, this is, not a, this is not a business to be frightened in, mate. <laughs> 
He actually jumped back. Wow. It's taken a sinister turn, this. <laughs> Wait, is he... <laughs> no, it's, I think it's less so now. I mean, I think when I... Because the first time I remember meeting sort of real fans of the show... They just knew everything. They knew every line. They knew every oh. every beat of it, didn't they? But okay, I'll give you I'll give you a, 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 a plot hole, if you like, from the first show of this Ooh. series. Oh, there you go. yes, Ooh. please. Oh. Yeah, and it's oh. how come Lister can play the guitar? That's true. Oh, hey, Lister can. Yeah. What do you mean, play Lister can come. play the guitar? No, we've heard you play before. <laughs> you lose. <laughs> what you want about? Yeah, that's true. He's only very good. If you think that's a problem, wait till you see show two, where he clearly can't play the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But my defence is, it's Hitler who's doing all the guitar, oh, yeah. and he's right. rhyming, and he's just doing some old shit. No, Lister was inspired by Hitler. Or, that's the, that's the headline. Or. or, or he knows one song. Yeah. What's right? It's the first song he's ever That's learned. That's true. He learned it when he was a Boy Scout. Or, or, or <laughs> the version we're hearing is what Lister's hearing. Ah. So three ah, perfectly, yeah. you know, legitimate. Perfectly legitimate, yeah. Plot holy explainy, um, and we didn't do it because we thought it was dead funny. Yeah. I reckon the whole of the uh, of the twelve series has just been what List is hearing, and one day he's going to wake up and he's going to be on his own in deep oh. space with no one around oh, but him. No, that is dark. Cool. Yeah, well, that is dark. So, mm, dark. Uh, we like dark. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I'd be glad he woke up. (laughs) (laughs) Which uh, show five is five? We were talking about dark and Doctor Huey. Yeah, Yeah, someone said it's a bit Doctor Whoish. Yeah, Encore's really cool episode, but I think it's kind of the most the most closer science fact that we've done in this series because, like you know, a lot of the stuff that we did years ago was science fiction, which has kind of come to science fact, but. but this one is all about uh, we upgrade the ship and all of a sudden we can only see things made by one company. We can only see products uh, that were designed and sold by Mcore and everything else is invisible. Right. You know, so it's a bit like, you know, like, you know, it's like Google, Amazon, all that kind of stuff. You know, if you buy an iPhone, you can only buy the iPhone upgrade, everything, you know, the charger, everything goes with this. You know, yeah. everything is just made for you to use Apple products with it. Sure. It's kind of like that kind of thing. I think we're not, we're not that far away from no. from, from, so, from that Mcore. So then the question becomes, what is on board that's been made by Mcore? And Mcore own a lot of things. So photographs, printers. Shavers, the rest. Yeah. Right. This is still a comedy, right? This sounds uh, terrifying. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's like, you it's know, seeing, seeing Lister uh, shaving yeah. uh, with yeah. an invisible radio. Yeah. <laughs> and also, there's a great scene with Robert holding up various products. Can you see this? Can you? Can yeah. You? Uh, yeah. And, the <laughs> and then there's a line about, I hope that's uh, an electric toothbrush. Some of the items are quite yeah. 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 of a slightly genius That is genius, man. And that's when the cat opens a beer. An invisible beer and it spurts into my face and all that kind of stuff. Now, is that a plot hole, though? Why? A plot hole. Because the can is invisible, but you can see the liquid. Yeah, no, but it's the branding, isn't it? Ah, the branding that's making it invisible. Yeah. Okay. Right, it's got nice to be all covered. When people do ask, you know, if you meet someone and they ask about something about the plot, I'm just yeah. desperate for, for Doug to be there going, <laughs> Yeah, no, you're yeah, right no, about no, it, Doug. But, yeah. Ah, yeah, well, they can't see the branded can, but they can, of course, see the liquid. You should try what I do and just say. Get a life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just say ask Doug Naylor. Yeah, I would say ask Doug. I just yeah. say ask Doug. <laughs> 
You've obviously been in this uh, a long time now, as we've covered. Are there things that you regret or would do differently if you came to them now from anything in the series? I wouldn't have had him in it. <laughs> yeah, OK. I wouldn't have had me in it. Or him. Or me. <laughs> I would have done a two-hander with me and Chris Barry. Uh, took all their money uh, and got to live in the Bahamas. I was much happier in musical theatre. I bet you were. I got more. I got more uh, respect. I got more credibility because all mine was life. There was no retakes, and now I get I get shoved in with these actors who'd never been to stage school, drama school, never been to drama school. You know, it was a we're nightmare. Not legit. Thirty no. years working with a tap dancer. <laughs> what can you say? I mean, there oh, are those were the days. Better, yeah, I'm sure course, there are. You know, I can't, I uh, but uh, dwelling on those, you know, the past yeah. is the past. You have to go on. The holy hot box. That was class. That was class. But yeah. seeing that for the first time, like, <laughs> come on, you haven't even tried. The actual prop. The yeah, actual yeah, prop. Yeah, it was yeah, a complex with a little bit of Seriously? Yeah. You know, when you go to your dressing room, you're crying in the mirror going, It's so bad. It's so bad. But actually, it worked for the gag. And I've said before, yeah, with holly hop on it. So what came first? Was the Did the gag come first or did the prop come first? The prop came before the. Then we had to try and make the. Prop, I, I was saying the other day, I think actually because those couple of series mm. were actually so crude uh, in terms of the sets and the props and all that, it kind of, uh, we got sympathy. Yeah. <laughs> in a sort sympathy of, laughs. oh yeah, sympathy yeah. laughs. And if we'd have gone out and not it would ever have happened, but been lit really slick and cool, mm. I, I don't, I think... We, there would have been a barrier up, whereas people yeah. felt sorry for us in a good way. <laughs> you, just, you just described my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> it's clever, and then, of course, it gets slicked up a bit in Series 3, you know. Mm. There's yeah, certainly, it's, it's, there's certainly yeah. times when I've been, you know, watching on bits of Red Dwarf on my own, and I've just suddenly gone, oh, because I'll hear a flat, like an English vowel. Oh, right. So Crichton will be yeah, saying... Yeah. Sure, we've got to get over there. Oh, God, it's suddenly like, oh, that, oh, it's just horrible. Why didn't I do So that's the only thing I've got. Why didn't I do that? I didn't hear that at the time. Now you know how we feel. <laughs> so I then I'm feeling sorry for the rest of the crew. Do you think the show gets um, enough credit? Because I think it's one of the smartest... Uh, Comedies written. I mean, there's um, I do the, the line that all. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> one of the lines no, that always comes to shooting, mind shooting, is yeah. there's, there's one um, about the alarm and changing the bulb, which I think is yeah, one of just, yeah, the yeah. smartest, yeah, like yeah. Um, yeah. observational comedy yeah. moments I've, yeah, yeah. I've ever come across. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's something about being the underdog, and you know, people saying that you know it's it's not that good and all of that is because if we do fail, they can't say anything about it. It's just, I told you, that's all they can say. Yeah. But right. generally, after 30 years, it, it's kind of going to sound hollow, isn't it? And when they say, oh, you know, I was right, how crap it was, they, can't, audience, they just don't talk. They just yeah. don't. From an audience point of view, it has been a huge success. It's the biggest yeah. rated comedy show on BBC Two ever. ever. Yeah. Yeah. That, that will biggest, never get beaten. Biggest now, rated comedy oh, show on UK, UK TV, TV ever. Yeah. And it's sold more DVDs and videos than any a television show, a comedy television show, apart from Fools and Horses when we're just behind Fools and Horses. Right. So, so that's not a cult. So, uh, you know... So it's not a cult. Yeah, yeah, it is. A, people it's a, keep it's saying a massive cult, a bit like him. <laughs> <laughs> but... They always say, I hate science fiction. <laughs> but it's... It, it wasn't trendy with the, with the media, so, so the media called it a cult, and they kind of... They, they gave it bad reviews at first, and then uh, when they realised, shit, everyone likes it, 
um, they'd call it this much improved series. Yes, but we, yes, but, but yes. we filmed it all at the same time, you know, Ben. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? And, and, so, you know, and then they start backpedalling. Yeah. And then after a while, they kind of just yeah. ignored it. Yeah, and then it And then sort of creeped back in. you've got eight million people watching. It's been cool. You creep it. And then you think, oh, someone's just requested an interview. go, hold on a minute. They just hated that last year. And so, but it's quite interesting because they don't know quite how to approach people like Craig. I think there's a British thing as well. They think he's going to have a go how to yeah. approach me, but yeah. not you. <laughs> it's my fault, Ben. It's all your fault. <laughs> no, because he does that opening, um, you know, monologue in front of them. So if you did that monologue of the the the, uh, the city limits, oh right, critique, oh, right, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. they fear him. Yeah. Oh, the review oh, from the start, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> so imagine they think this is what I'm going to get this first summer. You know, I don't really forget things. <laughs> right. We call him Elephant Man <laughs> for two reasons. <laughs> I can use it to pick up buns. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> don't mention bread or beer in the same sentence. <laughs> He was quiet for a little bit there back it then. Was it was getting really good, wasn't it? <laughs> I can pick up buns. I'm sorry. I'm stuck on that. <laughs> I've seen it do it. You, can, you don't live that down. <laughs> Chris Barry's still traumatised, by the way. <laughs> that's why he wouldn't be here. That's why he's not here. Yeah, we miss Chris. How is Chris? I know. Oh, Chris is very good. well. We just seen him. Yeah, he's there. Yeah, he's on top form. Doug, obviously, you're writing on your own now. Yes, uh, yes. But how much input do the guys have? Because obviously they've been playing this character, these characters for so long. Do you let them have any input? No, we, we don't want input. <laughs> Fair enough. Why, why, why offer crap writing to a good writer? Yeah. Oh, shit, sorry. There are, I mean, I think that, that it's fair to say there are tiny... End of, end of scene, one word one sometimes word or one little end. phrase that, that when we're rehearsing it just comes out and Doug says, oh, that's good, keep that in. Yeah. But, I mean, we're talking one or two per series. I mean, minuscule, it's It's 99.9% it's, it's What's so and, terrific, though, is when, when we do a read-through or when we block a scene, you can kind of... Everyone knows what's working yeah. and what's not yeah. working. That's the and thing. And so then it's like, OK, let me go off and I'll fix that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you wouldn't... Know? And I had a pattern because I had a flat that was... Six minute drive to Pinewood Studios. Right. I moved in with myself, which was fun. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and so I would get up and do rewrites at five o'clock, and then I'd rewrite from, say, six, six o'clock through till 10 o'clock, and then, or just 10 to 10, then drive in. And then go new pages. And give us that new pages, stuff, yeah. Right, okay. So, so it, it worked really well, actually. Yeah, it did. Yeah. No, it was great. And that's, I mean, I think that is very much a testament to the quality of the show is that when we read the first scripts, and we love them. I mean, we just think this is yeah. a brilliant idea, this is great. And then we start, they start to, even in my brain, start to, I get a hold of some of the lines, and you're just getting to that point, and then Doug comes in with a note load of new pages, completely different. And the annoying thing is, it's, it's always funnier. much better. It's always it's funnier. funnier. And it's, you know, that's... Well, sometimes a, you've got to change it because we can't afford... Can't afford to do it, whatever. Originally. Yeah. Oh, we can't find, you know, the right location. We can't find this. Yeah. We can't afford that. So it's got to change. So you just get on with it. Yeah, I generally phone him up and tell him what he's doing wrong. Yeah, that's yeah. good of you. Yeah, yeah. That, that was funny. Make it funnier. That was one time. <laughs> phone me at one o'clock. Oh man, I've read the scripts. This is not my part. It's not funny. Enough. It's not yes. funny enough. <laughs> okay, all right, man. I'll, I'll say again. Yeah, but it isn't. No, let me go to sleep and to, then I'll. To be it. fair, I was pissed. Oh, you were so <laughs> and to be fair, you were wrong actually. <laughs> I'm because, always wrong when I'm yeah. pissed. That's <laughs> <laughs> my wife. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, You'd be writing um, alone for, I mean, half the show's life now as well. Uh, and, and longer in, a longer in actual time as well. I'm, t- I'm talking about in terms of series. Do you, yeah. Which do you find 
easier or is it more difficult to write on your own because you've got no one to bounce off? Well, actually, uh, that's not quite true because um, I work closely with my son Richard, who was uh, one of the t- two producers on it. Right, okay. So uh, we sort of move in together, and so a lot of that goes back and forth. So Richard's the that. Richard's the George Michael of the operation. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Doug's yeah. the Andrew Ridgely. Yeah. 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 No, he's, yeah. he's actually got a script. He is very, very good. Yeah, he's, he's got. He's got. He's, got, yeah, his, he's yeah. got a script in with. Does that? Does that mean Red Dwarf can continue without you? Surely, surely not. I hope so. But I don't think he wants to write Red Wolf. Um, he wants to do his own things. Yeah. Um, but So there's that. and But there's a great freedom as well, um, being on my own um, as well. So yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, you know. And can I just add that when we started Red Dwarf, Richard wasn't born? Yeah. That's true. It's right. shocking. None so, of our children were. None of our children were born. Yeah. Richard is what is he? He's twenty. He's t- late twenties now. Yeah. Uh, yeah my son's twenty nine. Oh, he yeah. wasn't born. Yeah. He wasn't started. born, and this guy's producing us, telling you what to do, mate. That's it, <laughs> yeah. Dan. That ain't funny, <laughs> right? No, that's not. That's <laughs> yeah, not. That, that is so not true. No, no, no. He's, he's get, lovely. Can't you get aggressive again? You're frightened. He's look. He's looking frightened. I wasn't born. Well, you're not born. And look, someone with that bushy a beard wasn't born when he started. That is terrible. I was. Six, I think. Right, really? <laughs> yeah. right, well, there you go. It's weird because people who weren't born, it, it, this is a weird thing, is that people who weren't born come up to me and, and they're big fans of the show and stuff, and they, I say, when were you born? They say, like, 1989, you think, oh, my God. Yeah. You weren't born. But that's wonderful, episode, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. But you don't just have this one uh, group of fans who just gets yeah. older with you that you'll no, go to new generations and it'll just yeah. continue. But it does make you feel like an old fart sometimes, you know? Yeah. And I'm getting a lot of this coming up now. Oh, can I have a selfie? Can I have a selfie? So, yeah, no problem. My mum loves you. Yeah. And it, he's getting, he gets me. My granny loves you. I got my grand last year. <laughs> a, a very beautiful young woman ran up to me and said, Robert, oh, God, I can't believe it's you. Can I take your picture? Oh, this is brilliant. did a selfie and I was kind of going, oh, this doesn't happen every day. And she said, my grand. And loves you and ran off. She didn't see the the grands can be young. They can be. It's probably got a really hot grand. But it's just because age is just about you know an attitude and what you think. It is. And Hugh Hefner, for example. Hugh, what a great example. Who died at ninety-one, and his wife was thirty-one. That would have meant that. You were your second wife. So my second wife have, has just be, been born now. Just been born is now. a tiny baby. <laughs> that is quite shocking. <laughs> yeah. it's absolutely true. Yeah, there's somewhere there's a baby that I'm going to marry in 30 years. No, I used to do. I used to do a gag like that. I mean, stand up, shouldn't I? I said, you know, if, you know, before things, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing really well. You know, if, you know, if things go right, my my next wife hasn't been born yet. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> was she nine? He was ninety-one. She was thirty-one. Thirty-one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's that's quite an age gap, isn't it? That's a, that's no, I think we're supposed to good. double it and add seven. That's like yeah. <laughs> double it and add just fifty-nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unreal. I, I just couldn't. I, I, I can't be bothered now. If I'm, <laughs> no, that means that's exactly. I'm hats <laughs> off to you. <laughs> I couldn't be asked. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm training him on to. <laughs> trying, to, trying to spoon his bloodless phallus into it. <laughs> I think we'll stop now. <laughs> you, you did want to do a Red Dwarf interview, didn't you? That's, that was such good writing. Bloodless <laughs> phallus, that's wonderful. Speaking of bloodless phallus. Hey, Doug, I want to see that in the next yeah, series. Let's so say in that line. <laughs> <laughs> I just bought a Kindle. <laughs> oh, dear. 
Yeah. Guys, thank you very much for coming on thank the you. Empire thank Podcast. It's a pleasure much. having yeah, you. And uh, good luck with the new series. Okay, I'm you. sure it'll be a huge success. No, yeah. cheers, guys. Let's sit down to about 40 seconds. Yeah, I reckon, yeah. Can we just apologise for wasting your time? Not at all. We've got 50 minutes. And certainly people, spoon- usually, people usually run out of the door. <laughs> Spooning used to be one of the most innocent, innocent occupations. <laughs> Suddenly it's not. Uh, Craig, I'm going to be smiling you. all the way. I love it. I love it. Oh, wasn't that one of Norman's shows? Okay, so now that lot's out of the way, uh, it's time for us to have a little trip down memory lane, and we're going to be chatting not specifically about Series 12, and that's that's only partially to do with the fact that I've only seen one episode, and uh, you've, I don't know where you guys are on Series 12. I've seen the three that have been broadcast. Okay, as we record this, Series uh, Episode 4, Macocracy, is about to come out. Tonight, right? Yeah, tonight. Um, so you'll have just seen, seen that it. if you're I've listening to it. this. You've seen that? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not up to date because I've been watching The Good Place. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Um, Not the smoke place. No. But it, it raises an interesting point. We'll talk about Red Dwarf in a second and how how it all entered our lives. And we're all big, big fans to varying degrees. And there was a point in my life where it, I was utterly obsessed with Red Dwarf. But I moved away from it. And I think it's because the quality of the show, for me, tapered off. Certainly, I don't know whether, this, whether most dwarfers will think this, after Red Dwarf 6, for me, is when the quality became... Variable, shall we say? No disrespect to Doug Naylor, but when yeah. Rob Grant left, I think something left with it. Yeah, because uh, he left. It was the, the jokes. Six. It could have been the jokes, <laughs> but six was an interesting one because six was a very rushed series. Like they had to shoot it, uh, they had to write it and shoot it in very short order. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people think that six is where it went wrong, but I completely disagree. I think six has loads of great stuff in it. Uh, in fact, one of my favourite episodes is in series six. So okay, which one? Yeah, uh, which would be Rimmerworld. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, and like a lot. so then. So after series six, I kind of stopped watching. Really, I I would watch the odd episode of 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 seven and eight. But I kind of lost track of it, and obviously then it stopped. And it came back with with Back to Earth, and I remember very distinctly, Nick and James, you uh, all three of us going around to Nick's house to watch Back to Earth, and we were excited about it. Yeah. And then we watched it, and it was in many ways the Blade Runner twenty forty nine of that particular year. In what way? In that it was Blade Runner, but from what year was it? Two thousand two thousand nine. It was Blade Runner two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but Blade Runner, yeah, but Blade Runner twenty forty nine has been well received, and Back to Earth uh, was <laughs> yeah, was, I, was not I, well received. Admittedly, the parallels are minimal. Okay, especially in our little uh, section of of Nick's flat. Yeah. Um, but it I was. It was. I mean, it is Blade Runner, isn't it? the whole thing is kind of a, a riff on Blade Runner. That's the uh, that's the thing. Well, back to Earth. Back to Earth. Yeah. Okay, it riffs heavily yeah. on Blade Runner. I just remember them going to Coronation Street and uh, yes, it riffs on Coronation Street too. But yeah, there's a whole Blade Runner thread. And it being absolutely terrible yeah, on the level. Quite long, as I yeah. recall, it was like either a double episode or felt like it's three, three episodes. episodes. Yes, yeah. three episodes. It's, it's a big old thing. I think the problem is, but it had lost its way long before that. Like, I wasn't particularly offended by Back to Earth because I think you know seven was seven was ropey. It was like six, but not funny. And then eight was when they resurrected the Red Dwarf crew, and that was lamentable. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, and so Back to Earth kind of followed on from that. They rallied, though, with Ten. Like, when they went back to a regular series format, Ten's really has got some solid stuff in it. With not, Dave, yeah. Yeah, not, not Red Dwarf at its vintage best, but it's it's actually quite solid. Eleven, I think, was lesser. I think Twelve's probably on a par with Eleven, but I haven't seen enough of it yet to say. Okay. But, no, but ten, ten has some good stuff. Certainly uh, the episode I've seen of Twelve, because basically what happened was, when, knowing we were doing this podcast, I, I went down a little Red Dwarf rabbit hole yesterday, and I started watching... Um, 
I basically watched all of season series one. I'm not going to say series, series one, and most of series two. Then I started. I was going. Oh, I'll pick out great episodes that I really, really love. So polymorph and you know, Rimmer World and and, and uh, quarantine and, and, mm, and episodes like that. And I never really got around to it. Um, but it, it's made me kind of realize, oh, God, this is what I really loved about the show. Mm. And so rather than focus on the fact that they, it had a really ropey middle section where 7-8 Back to Earth wasn't that great, I thought we, this podcast would be us talking about why we fell in love with Red Dwarf, what we loved about Red Dwarf. And Johnny, um, let's, let's start with you. What, when did Red Dwarf enter your, your, your world? You're a little bit younger than the rest yeah, of us so at this I table. Yeah, so I saw it. So season six had... I mean, I think I'd actually seen Camille, which is the opening episode of uh, yeah, Series 4. The Casablanca episode. Um, but it really didn't, hadn't really registered with me um, until it was all repeated. You'll remember this in 1993. Um, from the start, the first six series were on every single Friday night on uh, BBC Two at 9 o'clock. And they did it right from uh, work. So it was 36 weeks in a row. And that's when I you know, started watching it at the start then because people who had seen it at school, I was like first year of high school, which is year <laughs> seven. Don't look at me. I have no idea. You're, you're a strange English I, customs. Or, I went or to school in 1843, so. I think it's year seven in modern money, but it was first year <laughs> right, of, okay. of high school. And uh, lots of people there were, were, were watching it or excited it was starting, so because I didn't want to feel left out. I was excited it was starting, and then I did f- fall in love with it. Mm. Uh, Nick, when did you first dwarf? Yeah, I can't remember the exact date, the year, but it was at school, and it was those sort of series three, series four episodes, I think. Those are the first ones I remember. I remember the curry monster vividly. <laughs> is that polymorph? Uh, the curry monster, no. The curry monster is the... DNA. Uh, it's DNA, yeah. It's right, when it, okay. the transmogrification of Lister's Madras. Right, yeah, that is genius. And the only thing that can kill a curry monster is beer. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> and Legion and Mr. Flibble and all, the, all this stuff. I just kind of loved that it was quite hard sci-fi ideas, but just mixed up with just ridiculous silliness and very British yeah. British kind of uh, yeah. sensibility yeah. well um, Six in particular I think has has an interesting format because they mix up sci-fi elements with sitcom elements because I think uh, as I recall they'd uh, they felt the, the season 5 was a bit too monster of the week so they tried with 6 to kind of vary it slightly more well time. 6 as well Red Dwarf isn't there so they've got no. this um, it's all Starbug it's all it's Starbug it's just gone full TARDIS like it's massive in Starbug suddenly when it used to be just a cockpit <laughs> I mean well it gets even bigger right in season <laughs> yeah. series 7 Seven. In 7-7, seven yeah. seven, it's just huge. But yeah, so they've got this this um, sort of things that happen every week where they, you know, they're down on supplies, so they're having to really like fight for their lives. And it adds, like, I mean, is it fair to say that Red Dwarf has tension when you know none of them are ever going to... But do you know what I mean? It's certainly more <laughs> tension than you ever felt when... Well, they introduced yeah. arc stories to it, which, which they'd never had before. Like, it had a through line, whereas it used to be very much kind of in that sitcom format where it's just, this happens, and then this happens. It was yeah. very self-contained. Well, yeah, rewatching um, Series 1 was really fascinating to me uh, because you, you can see the show it wants to become. And you can, you know, but it, it feels very much, Series 1 feels to me like they were going for, like Grant and Naylor were going for uh, Steptoe and Son in space. Mm. And what's intriguing about that is how, you know, obviously it can't be reliant on special effects that much because they obviously didn't have that great a budget. So it's very much about the characters. And it's always intrigued me how far they were willing to push Rimmer in particular of being unlikable and really cold and supercilious and overly fastidious and all those, all those traits. 
and having him you know grow I guess to an extent over the over the over the series but right from the beginning it's the, the really antagonistic relationship between Lister and Rimmer is yeah. there and then they drop the cat in the cat's I mean, the cat's off. barely a character in the first yeah. series. It's problematic. It's it's funny. I compare Red Wolf a lot to Black Adder in that like it starts out and it's not very good. I mean, the first series I would, isn't very good. I would I would argue with that. I well, think that it, it, yeah, maybe, it made me it made me laugh quite a lot. It, it's, it's, it's got some really good jokes. It's gently amusing, but episodes like Waiting for God is lamentable. There's some genuinely. What's terrible. the one with the confidence, confidence and paranoia? And paranoia which, which has a very young Craig <laughs> Ferguson doing his, I believe, his first on-screen appearance as Lister's confidence. And I was watching it going, "That's Craig Ferguson. He's the size of a house compared to what he is these days." And uh, as he admits himself, it was during his um, drinking days. <laughs> But uh, with a I mean, terrible accent. I don't know, Me Squared is the only first series episode that I genuinely think is good. Okay. Uh, I enjoy that a lot. And then season two, uh, series two, I should say, uh, is much, it's more of the same. It's better. It's more solid. There's some good episodes in there. Obviously, they introduced Crichton. But for me, it was, and this is when I first came to the show. It was in 89 when series three came out. Mm. Like that really? Was, yeah. You were there from the beginning? A friend of mine introduced me okay. to you. said, you've got to watch Red Dwarf. It's really good. Season three was starting. Series three yeah, was yeah. starting. I keep doing this. Um, and I, <laughs> yeah. I started with three and then I bought the VHS tapes of series one and two really because so I, I bought them all I was obsessed with it uh, including the Smeg Ups and the Smeg Outs which I the had those as well videos. I had those as well yeah. you, uh, did you buy the books uh, I, did, I bought everything there was a book I had with two of them in there was Better yeah. Than Life and there was the original Red Dwarf yeah, Better Than Life story. Yeah, but yeah. I, um, yeah and, and, and so I went back and, and watched the other ones afterwards but three for me I think it's really where that's the Black Adder 2 of Red Dwarf that's where it finds its feet it gets a new title sequence it gets a new tone it gets new sets it gets yeah. Robert Llewellyn and it gets a proper logo you know it's, it becomes who played the original Crichton uh, David Ross David Ross, David yeah. Ross yeah. Yeah. he uh, was unavailable for series 3 I mean and thank god right yeah, yeah. absolutely thank god because he was terrible <laughs> it wasn't terrible it no, was just was. it was a very very I don't think he was terrible well, it was a different character it was it was the Edmund Blackadder from Blackadder to Blackadder yeah. from Blackadder 2 uh, it was a very different I'm very to be says he's in course. he's in an episode of uh, series 12 so yes. I'll be fascinated to see uh, he, he he did reappear I think he was the voice of the talkie toaster at one point as well mm. so they're, they're, <laughs> I, talkie toaster. I think they're very aware that they're very aware that they had this this role that turned into something yeah. and they turned it into something without him and you know so well they said it was becoming hard to write for with just having those two characters and the cat who was kind of like a be. comedy foil they said they were running out of ideas they needed an extra yeah. element it absolutely but, would be. but three is also where uh, uh, Norman it obviously went and yep. we got Hattie Hayridge as, yeah. uh, as Holly yeah uh, all of which is uh, is done away within a colossal info dump you know like 10,000 mile an hour crawl at the beginning that you can't possibly read unless as I did you pause it go, <laughs> go through it word by word <laughs> is it true that Alan Rickman auditioned to play Rimmer because this story is everywhere it's <laughs> all over know. the internet the Hugh Laurie auditioned um, and Alan Rickman auditioned but didn't get the role. So that's a kind of... I love Chris Barry, but how bad were they in their auditions to not get the role? I mean, he's... He's amazing, but Alan Rickman... You can imagine Rickman is romantically on you. You can, yeah. Uh, No, he's far too charming, isn't he? Maybe he can play it. Like, he's got that range. I no, think I, he I, has that in it. I can see Rickman as Rimmer. I can see, I can see Chris Barry as Hans Gruber. <laughs> Chris <laughs> Barry as Gruber, yes. Being dropped from the, uh, <laughs> the Nakatomi Plaza. Set in the British, yeah, set in the leisure centre. It's uh, amazing. The leisure centre. Um, no, I am. Um, uh, Red Dwarf was, um, it was huge for me growing up. Absolutely huge for me. I got into it from, uh, from, from episode one. I just remember, you know, watching it and 
When, when did the first go out? 1989? Uh, 89 was three. So, 80, so 87. It's end of 87, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. And it was, I was absolutely right in my sweet spot. It was, a, it was a sort of humour, kind of, you know, a little bit adult, a little bit risque, the sort of thing my parents absolutely hated, So which, which made me love it a bit more. A bit like I was really in that sort of, I was, what, 10, 11 years old, and I was, you know, loving Python at that point, mm. and stuff that I wasn't really meant to be watching. And I loved I loved Red Dwarf as a, a, as a result as well. And uh, like James, and I'm sure like Johnny and, and Nick as well, I, I, I owned the videos, I owned the, the smeg-ups. I loved the fact that it introduced a new word into my swearing vocabulary, hmm. uh, smeg, and you could get away with it. It was fine because no one really knew what it meant. Um, and I also, I just, I, I loved the characters and I bought the books as well. But I also did something, I, I once for uh, English, we were set a creative writing uh, an essay. And I decided, I decided to write a Red Dwarf essay, a Red Dwarf story. And this thing ran for 40 pages. I wrote a 40-page Red Dwarf short story slash novella that was a month late by the time I handed it in. Anyone who's had to work with me at Empire might sympathize with that. Hey. Please tell me this was not erotic fiction. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was, I, I've lost it. I, I'd love to go back and read it again because you know, I can only remember things. I was given a 10 just for effort. Um, <laughs> Out of by the teacher, out of ten, <laughs> out of ten, thankfully. And I just, I, I, you know, I loved Red Dwarf so much, and I, I just wanted to, you know, write something of those characters. It was a lot of fun. I remember that there was the, the plot revolved around them finding an orange hole. So clearly, I'd just seen white hole, and I was like, what's now? This is an orange hole. It's a different color. And they stopped JFK's assassination. I remember that, but that's uh, apart from that, I don't remember anything else about it. So Doug Naylor stole the first episode of Series 7 off you then? I know, that's a weird thing. That's a weird thing. Wow. Who knew? Who knew? But uh, yeah, lost, lost, I'm afraid. It was, very, it was around the same time I was really into Douglas Adams and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I think that's obviously a, there's kind of a parallel between those two things. The sensibility, the very kind of British sensibility, but in space with all these surreal things happening. But... Um, yeah, <laughs> that's all I had to add. So, um, so do you have a favourite episode? Anyone, Jimbo? I think you probably you need to oh, process them all. I mean, where to even begin? Well, the first episode I saw was Backwards, which to this day I think is a, a masterpiece of physical comedy. It's it's genius. The whole thing is well put together. I, mm. That's kind of what drew me into. It. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. The whole sort of setup and then the big unrumble at the end. Yeah, uh, it's it's genius. I thought it, that was very nice. It has an amazing. I, we watched it last night because I was going through. And you're absolutely right. Series three, the leap in confidence. Yeah. For them is just astonishing. Going from you know series one and series two, which was which explored some pretty high concept ideas, but just didn't have the budget to really do anything with them. And then series three, Crichton's a huge comedic injection right from the off. But the idea behind backwards is phenomenal. I'd love to know how long it took Grand and Naylor to work that one out. Mm. And uh, you know, it doesn't entirely hold up if you really <laughs> subject that idea to some scrutiny. It doesn't Vomiting really hold points up. points into glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, how would that society actually work? But it has an amazing joke that made me laugh a lot last night. It's when cat goes to the toilet yeah. in the bushes and that amazing bit where Danny John Jules just comes up from behind the bushes goes up with his <laughs> and then walks slowly gingerly to Starbucks um, yeah really really funny Marooned is one of my favourites as well there's a kind of double header the one where uh, Rimmer and uh, Lister get marooned on the ice planet and they have to burn the soldiers and the bit where he cuts out the guitar shaped thing in the camphorwood chest you know <laughs> just it's a really nice character moment how does the hologram too. smell the camphorwood well yes all of this Outrageous. is true but they were never particularly precious about how the light bee worked or how any of that I mean it didn't really matter did it but no. that's a really nice moment between the two of them 
Uh, and, and it's got that brilliant payoff at the end. We're going to do to Lister what Alexander the Great once did to me. I mean, it's a great payoff <laughs> if you understand the context of that's been set up earlier. Yes. <laughs> Nick's there now going, I've no life, idea what you've got. He was Alexander the Great's chief eunuch. That was yeah. the... Uh, Isn't that one of Alan Ritman's lines from Die Hard? He could have been. <laughs> You're going to do to Lister... What Alex? Yeah, um, uh, I'm going to put a shout in for Quarantine, which I think is Series Five. Mr. Flibble is Mr. Very Flibble cross. is triumphant That's with his genius. hex vision. So um, genius! I once went to a Halloween party as uh, not as Mr. Flibble because that would involve a giant penguin suit, but as, um, <laughs> as, a, as a person holding Mr. Flibble. Were you in a giant? Red and white check gingham dress I and army boots. I didn't go full gingham. So you just had, you just had a <laughs> no. I found I, 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 I found a kind of I wore some kind of sheet. It, it wasn't a particular. You were a ghost holding a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, pretty much. I mean, time slides is another great one. Uh-huh. Uh, just that, with the whole tension sheet when he goes down, he sees the younger Lister. Like the whole the interplay oh, yeah, between yeah, Order yeah. and younger Lister. That's brilliant as yeah. well. Um, oh, it's so good. So good some of those ones are. The Last Day was fun as well, which introduced that whole Silicon Heaven concept. And you had Hudson 10, like, you know, the, when he unzips his robot cock and smashes a brick with it. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, the comedy is not what I would call highbrow, but it's very, very funny. What's the one with the giant statue of Lister taking a piss? Oh, that's, um, that's Time Slides, isn't it? Is when it he time goes slides? back and it's, uh, he's, it, urin- it urinates champagne into a fountain. Uh, it's because he's invented the tension sheet and he's now super wealthy. <laughs> But it, it wasn't afraid to use those those uh, those the, you know the, the comedy as a framework to explore some decent ideas and some some interesting progressive ideas. I mean the the the, the final episode of, of Red Dwarf two, you know, is all about sexual politics and uh, you know male female gender swap ideas, which is, which are really fun and interesting, especially watching it in today's society with what's yeah. going on at the moment and. In Hollywood, I thought it was it was pretty. It's pretty ahead of its time in many many ways, and uh, and still very very funny. They never forgot to put the jokes in. I mean, you know, it, you know, some of the jokes you can see coming a mile away, mm. but the, most the of the jokes still work. Yeah, but it, its joke per minute ratio is still pretty high. Yeah. I would say, and I think there's a lot more misses than hits in in the recent series. It, it's not quite as nailed on. I mean, Rimmer in particular, I always thought was the funniest character. He just destroyed me. I, Chris Barry is a complete genius in this role. Yeah, uh, Chris Barry, formerly of Spitting Image, an extraordinary impersonator. Yes, wasn't he on the last Red Dwarf special we did? Uh, he was indeed. Yes, it was. And uh, you did. Uh, yeah, you did your Crichton. I did my <laughs> Crichton. Good. I did my Crichton, and he just went zip, and, uh, <laughs> and he proceeded to do every member of the Red Dwarf cast in order. And I was like, "Yeah, right, fine." He, did, <laughs> he does his Crichton in, I think, episode two of the new series, series twelve. Okay, and it will get turned into. Uh, I really want to see that one. They yeah. will get turned into droids, and he's the only one who does an impression of Crichton. So it's, <laughs> it's a bit weird. It doesn't make sense, but it's very funny anyway. But it, no, it's because he's turning into a Crichton quicker than. Ever. Everyone else, right? I guess that's yeah. That's that's the device. I guess that's, that's the, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the excuse for it. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Craig Charles looks very strange as a droid. His his head is very disturbingly shaped. Whereas all the other droids look completely normal. <laughs> they, look completely, more, they look more Crichton-y. He just yeah. looks like a Rubik. I don't know. There's just things coming out. Oh, he's got a lot of hair to hide, right? That that must be why. Yeah. But it, 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 but it was interesting. You go back. Red Dwarf starts 1988. And this thing's this thing has always struck me about it because not that much is made of it. But it was a sitcom at the end of the eighties that had two, three cast members, three main cast members, and obviously Norman Lovett as well as Holly. Two of them were black, and nothing is made of that. And I always loved how progressive that show was, mm. and that you know Lister, who is 
you know, the hero of the show, absolutely incontrovertibly the hero of the show and the protagonist of the show is a, is a black guy. And, uh, you know, that, that was always something I found, I found really admirable. Yeah. Uh, you know, it sounds horribly PC, obviously, but... No, know, no, it's it, true. It, and given when it came out, that was unusual. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and also, I mean, they replaced Holly. Remember the episode where they replaced Holly with Queeg? Queeg. Remember yes. Queeg? Oh, yes, the yes, sort yes, of drill yes. sergeant that's guy. Series 2, I want to say. That's a really good episode as well. Yeah. Queeg, um, Series 2. Okay. Yeah, I think it's Series 2. He's like the uh, ball-busting version. Yeah, he's the ball-busting version he's of He's the Apone of... Uh, in fact, he is actually just Holly having a laugh. I mean, that is an amazing <laughs> yeah, ending. Right. It's a brilliant payoff. He goes, I am Queeg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, and he's been forcing Rimmer to do uh, exercise. And he's like, he made him do like a 10-mile run. It's like he passed out after the first 500 yards and he makes him run the rest of it unconscious amazing it's like the little so. moments that I remember there's an episode yeah. I have no idea which episode but they're, they're going oh, through it sounds like a challenge right <laughs> okay if you guys can it. identify it, it. They're, they're basically going down a corridor uh, with some guns and there's something scary happening and uh, Rimmer is basically doesn't know whether it's safest at the back or at the front so he's just running in circles Inquisitor Inquisitor that's the Inquisitor yeah. and, he, and he just makes them all walk around him constantly yeah. <laughs> I love that and I think I've actually incorporated that uh, to paintball and uh, laser quest I mean, I've said it's Inquisitor, which I should check. There are actual Red Dwarf fans who would probably listen to this podcast who've switched ah. off already. These <laughs> guys are idiots. One guy hasn't seen. Well, it I'm for confessing years. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. The one guy hasn't seen it for years, and he none of them can remember what episodes are in. But you know, that's the thing that I wanted to do is because we all loved loved the show when we were growing up. My memory's fading a little bit, but I still, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna watch every episode again because uh, you know, watching rewatching series one and series two. Just made me think, oh, this, you know, it's got limitations. Of course, it's got limitations, budget limitations. Mm. You know, Craig Charles may not always have been the greatest actor, I think, maybe. It's very yeah, in the first couple of seasons, but does it doesn't it? matter because no. it's, it's so funny and so ambitious and so likable uh, that, you know, you can get beyond that. And then, you know, Crichton, once Crichton comes into it, I mean, God, yeah, I was doing Crichton impressions constantly as well it's just the the, the ideas of them like the, some of the moments like playing pool with planets oh in my white god talky toaster you know yeah. Holly with this sort of super IQ Ace Rimmer when he comes in in Dimension Ace Dominion, Rimmer smoke me a character. kipper I'll be back for breakfast yeah just absolutely absolute genius that's and Dimension you see, Jump um, yeah you see it's in Dimension Jump but you see Robert Llewellyn went out his makeup I believe for the first time in oh actually no I think he might be in the last day he appears in a video on the last day but you see him as Bongo in Dimension Jump <laughs> uh, when he offers to be available for Ace Rimmer covered in Tarama Salata. <laughs> um, and Meltdown as well. Do you remember the Watsworth one where they encounter all yes. the great heroes and villains from Earth's past? Yes. The show's got a real thing about Hitler, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, got Hitler's uh, in it a lot. Hitler, and uh, yeah. there's, there's a Hitler in uh, the first episode of, of Series 12. Yeah. And, and he, he time slides too. He's really funny. That, I, I need to look up the guy who played him because he made me laugh a lot. He has a really funny jamming session with... Um, yes. Oh, it's Ryan, yeah, isn't it Ryan Gage, Ryan Gage. from uh, The Hobbit? Yes, he plays Ryan Alfred Lickspittle in The Hobbit films. That's right. He's terrible in The Hobbit, but he's really good in oh, this. Oh, Alfred's uh, all right. He's a bit of a sort of uh, discount worm tongue, but... <laughs> he means well he's but no he's very funny as Hitler yeah I mean, you don't get to say that very often there's, yeah. there's a moment where he's like um, looking for his he's, they find his lighter a Hitler and he goes this could be anybody uh, Arnie Hitler <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, oh no it is mine <laughs> his, his Hitler is extremely exuberant I love how kind of just up, upbeat he is <laughs> He's, yeah. um, he's too into it. It's he's funny. It's funny. They're looking at episodes here, like three and four. There is not a single miss in either series. It's only when you get to five that you have kind of the first. What's the miss? Couple of, well, it depends on what you're looking at. Holoship's great. The Inquisitor's great. Terrible, oh, by the way, uh, Inquisitor. 
It's not. It's DNA. I've just looked it up. Oh, is it DNA? Oh. Terraform, I don't think, is necessarily a great one. Uh, Quarantine's fantastic. Demons and Angels, that's not too bad. It's not too bad. It's actually, you know, it's pretty solid, generally. Batch Reality mm. was the one with the Despair Squid. Remember that? Yeah, which on the video... Jake Bullet. On the videos, they switched it around and made it the first episode of Series 5. Did they? But even though that it's clearly the end of Series 5, because you're like, is Red Dwarf going to continue or not? Question mark hanging yeah. over there, right? Wasn't it... I, I want to say... Demons and Angels where Dan Brown got his, <laughs> his title. <laughs> yes, for. that's actually where it's from. Yeah. I want to say it's Series... Three, which came out around the same time as the Gulf War, and they pushed a couple of the episodes back. Or maybe it was Series Four. They pushed a couple it's, of the episodes. Uh, they had, it's the waxwork one, isn't it? It's the wax, yeah, and they pushed Meltdown. them back because they felt it was a little bit. It didn't really jive with what was on the news. You have joined us in the middle of our trying to remember which Red Dwarf episode is which. <laughs> I don't special. remember. Uh, thank you for listening so far. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's just wrap this thing up. Um, uh, favorite Red Dwarf character. Rime. He said in the voice of Lister. <laughs> was that Lister? Yeah, sorry. I don't do Northern very well. Uh, Rimmer by, right. by far. It's I always, thought it was all right. I thought it was all right. Try it again. Always Rimmer. Rimmer. It's not bad. It sounds like he's on bread. It doesn't sound like he's... Rimmer. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad. That is not bad. Uh, Rimmer, yeah, because you saw so much of yourself in yeah. him. Because of that. But, you know, but episodes like Rimmer World, he's, I mean, he's so fucking good in this. Um, isn't it? And I want to say, I think the most lauded episode, didn't Gunman of the Apocalypse, that one award, won, so an, cool. won an Emmy. It won an Emmy, yeah. I, that's the one that people always talk about as being the sort of high watermark for Red Dwarf. I'm not sure if I agree with that, but it is very good. It is good. It's got the Vindaluvians, which, uh, <laughs> which is the eyes yeah, stuck to the right. chin, which yeah. I really love. That's a genius moment. All right, Rimmer. That's one vote for Rimmer. One vote for Rimmer. Nick? Are we allowed to include puppets? Of course we are. Mr. Flibble. Mr. Flibble. He is the greatest character not only of Red Dwarf, but all of Western fiction. He should be. Did you write a 40-page Mr. Flibble <laughs> essay for school? I'm going to start now. I love that somewhere in Eastern fiction there is a character you love more that you're not talking about. I'm not, yeah, exactly. Not counting out the, uh, the panda bear puppet. Um, no, I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, all right, let's say world, world, the whole of world history. He's the greatest character. The whole of world history. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Seems fair. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Johnny? Uh, Crichton is the funniest character. I, I, his groinal attachment alone, I think, <laughs> deserves special mention. Mm-hmm. His inability to say the word snakehead always made me laugh. What a sneak. <laughs> genius I love that absolutely love it uh, that's very very good yeah it's very hard for me to quibble with Crichton but I do love Holly as well which, which one you know, either either Holly either Holly either Norman's Holly. great is the kind of like he's the, the downbeat depressive Holly yeah. Hattie's the kind of slightly batty senile Holly she's very yeah. good too Yeah. Uh, different comedy devices but both of them yeah no, maybe they, they both make me laugh a lot I think and Crichton's the best physical comedian uh, out of them because I mean his facial expressions are very very good especially through the mask I think weirdly I think the weak link is Cat he to me is the worst character not that he's bad but in the same you know, but he's a very one note character like he's he's the yeah. foil he's the punchline to jokes he's not the comic well because he he can't he can't grow yeah he's incredibly he can't grow he can't you know he, there, there's a, a moment again going back to um, the one episode of series 12 that I've seen but there's, you know, he does turn the tables on the evil professor. He's holding them hostage. Yes. But, you know, but he's identified as a psychopath in that, which kind of makes sense given <laughs> that he is a cat. But, you know, he's he's very well played. Danny John Jules is very, very good in the role. They do reveal in series 12 that cat now has reading glasses. 
So he does grow in a sense. He grows old. Sense, grows yeah, he, he grows old with presbyopia. <laughs> Excellent. Um, <laughs> but yeah. he, and he can smell things, right? Which he couldn't be with. He could smell like danger far off from Starbucks uh, cockpit. That was a growing in a sense. Yeah, yeah, they added to, another facet to his character. They used to make out, I can smell a black hole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, I'm going to go, but I will go Crichton as well. Crichton is, is... So we won. Yeah, we won. You win with Crichton. Two, I, I, yeah. I have lots of affection Yeah. But Holly, Holly's interesting. I don't want to give, but um, I was looking at the IMDb yesterday, and Norman Lovett apparently comes back in this in this series. So mm, we, yes, haven't, we haven't seen that episode yet. So uh, I'm intrigued. Spoiler alert. Mr. Flibble. Mr. Flibble may return as well. Uh, and do we have a favourite moment? A favourite moment, uh, James? Is it actually doing Crichton oh to God. Robert Llewellyn? Was he in the room or was he not uh, in the no, room? No, he wasn't. I've never met Robert Llewellyn. This is why really? I couldn't do the podcast. Charlie, I've never met Danny John Jules or Robert Llewellyn. So uh, I, uh, this is a sore point for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I do Crichton to Crichton. That might be too much. Yeah, I've never done any McKellen to McKellen. I no. just I can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> no, just no. can't. It'd be too much. Uh, do you have a favourite moment, or you know, or is it oh, uh, is so is our memory just a little bit too? I said it in the um, uh, interview to the guys, but I think the single cleverest line in any comedy ever is when uh, Rimmer wants to go to Red Alert and Crichton <laughs> says, "It does mean changing the bulb, sir," <laughs> which I just think is just genius. I mean, just someone has been watching like Star Trek and like wondered about that, and suddenly it's written down. I mean, it's, it's just so clever. Yeah, that's, yeah. It, that's a There is quite game. a good line in, in the new series where Rimmer says, "Yellow alert is his favourite alert because it means somebody's going to die, but it's not him," <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty good. Not as good as the light bulb, but pretty. Is good. your favourite Red Dwarf moment being on a Red Dwarf podcast? Uh, besides this one, I've never heard of Red Dwarf. You've until been today. on, yeah. yeah. You, what were you on? Smegheads, Smegheads, Daniel Phillips, Jed Shepard. Shout uh-huh. out to them. They do a uh, go through episode by episode, and they actually know what they're talking about. They don't do they? tend to know what they're talking about. In a so really, I was of no help. <laughs> I've listened to your appearance on that podcast. You 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 quitted yourself well. Thanks, man. What went wrong today? I don't know. <laughs> it's gone horribly wrong. I'm blaming Mr. Flibble. Uh, Jimbo, uh, your favourite favorite moment? I genuinely don't know what my favourite moment is. I mean, it, it could be, the, you know, them... them. <laughs> I, I love the exchange. It may not be my favourite moment, but it's in my head at the moment. I love the exchange, just the build-up, the inevitability. I, like, I love a gag where you know it's coming and it hurtles towards you like a giant black hole and there's no stepping out the way of it. Like the conversation they have with Talkie Toaster, where you know what's happening and they're asking him a question. Like, Given that God is infinite and the universe is also infinite. Would you like a toasted tea cake? <laughs> it's just that you know it's coming, but it doesn't make it any less funny. Yeah. It's, it's good though that, that, you know, we're here now almost 30 years after the show began and they're still doing it. And, you know, getting around the fact that Rimmer somehow looks older and all that, you know, all that sort of stuff. You know, I, I'm struggling to think of any comedies that have, are still going 30 mm. years after the original. And perhaps it was good that they took that break. Enforced break, I think. Um, and the BBC, for whatever reason, decided not to make any more. I genuinely think, I mean, for me, Red Dwarf will always be one of the all-time great sort of like landmark comedies. For me, like Fawlty Towers, uh, Red Dwarf, Blackadder, these are the things that shaped uh, my humour sort of growing up. And as an enemy of comedy, they're the only things I find funny. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I, I fully recommend everyone watch all of them. I will. Yes. I am. Johnny? You happy, question? you happy it's back? What's you that? Ha- you happy it's back? Oh, I'm very happy it's back, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, even, though, even though I don't think it's as good, 
um, as it as it once was. Um, it's just such a, a familiar presence that you just you can just sit down quite happily, spend half an hour with those characters, and just you know catch up with their adventures in a way that like. Other long-running sitcoms... So The, the Simpsons, I have no interest in watching uh, season 28 of The Simpsons mm. because even though it's the same characters getting mm. up to similar but not quite as good things, I find it tedious now. But Red Dwarf, I will happily sit down and wait for the two or three good lines uh, an episode and, you know, just uh, enjoy it for that. But isn't there... There's a sense of, of familiarity and... Uh and nostalgia the fact that we've grown older with these characters, we've grown older with these people, that they are demonstrably older, they have lived their lives on Red Dwarf, and it feels a little bit like we've grown up and aged with them. Certainly that's how I see them. Mm. Like it, it, it makes me feel kind of warm and fuzzy when I see Red Dwarf on. Because I, I used to watch it every night before I went to bed. I'd put the VHS tape on and I'd play it, and I would fall asleep watching Red Dwarf. That's what I used to do. So. You now have cat-esque reading glasses. And- <laughs> yeah, I am, yes, I'm not dissimilar to old cat or old Dwayne Dibley. <laughs> Do they explain why Rimmer ages? Sorry, this is a very obvious question, but... No, but I mean, I mean the, the, the physics of Rimmer and his light beat makes no sense because sometimes <laughs> it's tangible when it suits the plot, sometimes it's intangible when it suits the plot. Yeah. It becomes a hard light hologram in, I want to say, Legion, is that the one where he gets... Yeah, uh, sure, why not? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think they ever... And I, I like them for this. They didn't get hung up on their internal... Uh, you know, logic. They just... They, they wrote what was funny and then they made the facts fit it. Yeah. So do you think it's going to be an end point at some point? I mean, yeah, I think when the viewing figures drop below a certain threshold, they'll start making It's on them, Dave. I mean, how, how many people are going to be watching it on Dave? I'd, I'd be interested to know. Cause it's I'm like more than two million, right? Which I is, which is I, think is good, I think is good for Dave. I mean, they used That's to get... great for Dave, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, their, it's, it's Dave's big show, because like, you know, no one's staying around to watch Zapped after Red Dwarf has finished, well, are they? I'm curious who's watching it. Like, is it a whole new audience, or is it, you know, well, middle-aged no, men like us? The budget us. for the show, the last couple of seasons, the budget has gone up. I yeah. think they, it was really cheap for a while. But now it's the production values have actually got. Well, the first again. series, it's just cardboard boxes, isn't it? Holly hop drives. Yeah, holly hop drive. Literally a cardboard box with a button on it. <laughs> I mean, the, the production values in the first two series are hilarious. They literally did have to put in a light bulb for the. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's what it is. It's it's old school BBC. All right, okay. Time to bring this thing to an end then. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, and sorry to any uh, really diehard Red Dwarfers out there who have been yelling at the uh, the podcast uh, device, <laughs> listening device throughout this. Um, I'm going to go and try and rewatch the whole thing. The Do whole it. The whole ruddy thing. Do it. I will. In- including, I was just looking there at like season seven and series seven and eight, and I don't remember any of those. There are good episodes in that. Crity TV, I think, is very funny in like Series 8. Well, okay. Um, but I think half of Series 7 is very good. Um, the second episode, certainly, where they lose Rimmer. Rimmer goes away to... Our Rimmer goes away to become Ace Rimmer. I think that episode is, is, is very, very good. There's that one where they get stuck in the, um, <clears throat> in the water pipes. Do you remember that? Vaguely. That's a very good That's episode. Well, in, the sa- in the same vein as um, Marooned and Ours Quarantine, not quite as good as those ones, mm. but it's that... Close closeness yeah. of the characters where they're stuck in a, a an area together, and that just breeds comedy. Yeah, I don't think I, re- I don't think I've seen a single episode from uh, eight. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, that's the one you say they brought the uh, sort of Kachanskis back in it mm. and they brought back oh my god Mac McDonald well, Kachanskis in 7 they, they found wow. her in 7 yeah so they actually brought the original cast back from the Flores part yeah, so, yeah, like yeah. The, whole, the crew they resurrect the crew and the yeah. ship because they've okay. had several series without Red Dwarf yeah yeah and then yeah. it's back 
but it's you know but it's so good like just re- re-watching it again hearing you know that theme tune mm-hmm. uh, with those lyrics uh, you know it's it's one of the it's one of the great uh, out musical stings I would say of not just of any sitcom but of any of any TV show it, yeah, just, it gives me it gives me the old warm and fuzzies yeah. it's amazing anyway guys it's cold outside there's no kind of happening <laughs> it's been a lot of fun uh, talking about Red Dwarf uh, thank you so much for listening uh, if you don't already listen to the regular podcast we're out every Friday believe me we, we know what we're talking about in that one for the most part uh, if you don't already listen to that or subscribe then please do so and look up our other Red Dwarf special yes please do look up our other Red Dwarf special That's, that, that doesn't involve us talking about it this uh, involves myself and Annie Plum shooting yes. the shit with, uh, with Rimmer and Lister is it just those two? no it's Rimmer and Lister and uh, Doug's on it as well Doug Nader on yep. it as well yeah we also have another couple of specials coming your way as well we have uh, currently you can hear our Thor Ragnarok special our Paddington 2 spoiler special with director Paul King and writer Simon Farnaby will be out on November 13th again on Monday and do keep in peel for any other specials heading your way over the next few weeks uh, until the next time we meet it's goodbye from Johnny Pyle goodbye it's goodbye from Nick Dissimlin a smeg off <laughs> bye you had to bring it down didn't you sorry man ridiculous bye. Uh, it's goodbye from James Dyer smug me a kipper I'll be back for breakfast <laughs> and it's goodbye from me I'm off to have a Crichton off with James Dyer sir <laughs> goodbye goodbye <laughs>